This is the Sky is Blue podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Sky is Blue podcast with me, Phil Tooley, Stuart Bass and Daryl Carpenter and Paul Fisher. Well, there's three hours, three and a half hours or so to go to the end of the transfer window in the EFL and Premier League. And it's been a bit of a quiet day, Paul. Oh, nothing's happened, has it? <laughs> nothing's happened at all. As, as every deadline day is, it's who's going to leave, isn't it? And we've had it since they had deadline days brought in, haven't they? So who's going to leave uh, the times of signing and when is Jamie Ward going to going to leave the club and everything? And, you know, it's always the strikers isn't it, that hurt the most. And uh, it looks like uh, Chesterfield, sort of number one striker, Kabombo Shamanga, is about to, uh, to leave the football. But we'll see. Well, you're hoping so because you just predicted it on Radio Sheffield. I have. I've gone live with it. <laughs> I have gone live with it. And this podcast obviously will make me look even more foolish if it doesn't happen as well. Yeah, that, that's why I'm just sort of getting you in earlier as the full guy. <laughs> so. I have the edit button, Phil. <laughs> but um, I think, Daryl, the, uh, uh, the, the the biggest surprise is that he's only had uh, two or three substitute appearances off the bench and hasn't yet proven his fitness after his broken leg but he's proven that he can still score goals yeah uh, I think you're born with that ability to be honest it was like the old um, schoolyard where there was always the goal hanger wasn't there and uh, he's a bit like that cabbie in fairness to him he doesn't add much to the team in build up play and around and about but get him in the get him in the 18 yard box and uh, he's lethal uh, and I'm sure it, his skills are transferable. Whether they're transferable one, two or three divisions higher, only time will tell, I think. Yes, Gus Stewart, it's, you know, it is a, a big move to Birmingham, a team that aren't scoring many goals and are struggling uh, at, the, at the wrong end of the, the championship. But nevertheless, they are in the championship and they'll be hoping his goals can make sure they're still in the championship. Well, that all depends on the reason why Birmingham aren't scoring at the moment, doesn't it? Are they creating, but there's nobody there to put them in the net? Or is there no one there to create it in the first place? You know, if, if so, then Kabongo stands no greater chance of scoring goals for them than the people he's replacing. You know. Well, we were talking, Stuart, just before we uh, started recording about the, the statistics about shots on target. And Chesterfield have created 27% more than the second most. So poor cut teams always create chances. And the fact of the matter is that's why Owen Doyle scored all those goals in his first spell, because so many chances were being created by that. So Gary Roberts and Sam Klukas and Jay O'Shea and, uh, and everybody along those lines. Hmm. Well, absolutely. And, and we're five games into the season so far. Is it five or six? I six. forget now. Six, is six. it? Right, six games into the season then. And the only people who haven't scored for us so far are the fullbacks. You know, we are far less reliant on one man for all the goals, which is good news, you know, for us, because it means that we're still effective if he gets injured. Um, and although, of course, of course, you don't want to see a player like Kabongo Shimanga, as much of his character as his ability, leave this football club. Um, if he does, I think we are far more robust when it comes to scoring goals because they're coming from all over the place at the moment. You know, up until Christmas last season, they were only coming from one man. Imagine if he'd mm. have had his leg broke on the first day of the season, we'd have been fighting relegation, not looking at the playoffs, <laughs> you know, because uh, we were so reliant on him for the goals last season. But that's not the case now. So although there should be sorrow attached to his departure, of course there should, if it happens, um, there should not be a kind of, you know, private phrase of we're all doomed going round because we're not. <laughs> and, and, and does, um, yeah, I'm not sure if necessarily people will fully appreciate the, the, the triggers that there are in, in contracts, the, the release clauses and everything along those lines. But Chesterfield pushed the boat out when they signed Kabongo from Boreham Wood a year or two, long contract, big big transfer fee. Um, one of the elements of that deal that no doubt his, his I, I don't know this, but I would assume his agent uh, put in was, was a trigger clause saying, right, OK, uh, um, if a bid comes in for a certain amount of money, we reserve the right to... Um, to, to trigger that clause and if we can ag- reach an arrangement with another team 
move on and there's no question you're not going to get any more money than than that so it's it, the risk that Chesterfield took was the big fee up front from uh, Boreham Wood and then almost the rest of it the the if you want to land your man the the agent and co have got a, a powerful argument haven't they yeah and I, I think people have got to remember without without these stipulations in the original contract he probably wouldn't have signed for us anyway you know it's the the agents looking after the players best interests and his own quite often um but from our club's point of view i don't think we're in any worse position now than we were when we signed him except as you've all quite rightly said we've got lots more options than we had then we're not completely relying on cabby who let's face it has been out a long time certainly looks on the little bit of evidence we've had that um he shook off the injury and and he's getting back somewhere to near where he needs to be um but whatever happens we'll have enjoyed him for the for the best part of 12 months and also made money on top of it so you know who who wants to stand in the in the way of uh, as good a lad as he appears to be, trying to better himself and play at the highest level he can. Does there's yeah. a, there's a lot of people, a lot of supporters don't understand what a release clause in a contract is. Yeah. You know the two clubs, they, they, it's agreed at the time of the contract that when you sign the player. Yeah. So there's there's already a non-negotiable bargaining tool down the pan there straight away, isn't they? So if one yes. if the agent then goes around touting that uh, release clause to clubs around the time of the deadline, yeah, then clubs are going to know what the 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 deal is anyway. So as soon as that's agreed, there isn't a lot of, there isn't a lot the club can do about it to be honest, unless the player. <coughs> then falls down with his own terms negotiating with that club and then the player comes back to the 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 selling club there yeah. isn't a great deal the club can do about it no absolutely right paul and, and, and the other thing you have to consider is you know ha- is he happy with the personal terms that is yet maybe to be offered who knows i mean what what staggers me when you listen to all the transfer news over the last six or eight weeks is that the first approach used to be to the club to agree a fee, and then you talk to the player. These days, it appears that you agree the deal with the player and then go to the club. It's completely the other way around, mm. and particularly when there's a release clause in, in mind. Because as you say, th- these things aren't secret. You know, this, mm. there's nowhere in the contract that says... There's a confidentiality clause that you can't tell anybody what the and, and teams have got to try and guess to get to the right. <laughs> it's figure. not guess who. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. the agent, if he's doing his job for Cammy, will have said, you know, clubs have approached me and said they're interested. They're at the level you want to play yeah. at. Yeah. Uh, and I've told them how much it will take to allow that to happen. And, and Chesterfield didn't wake up this morning saying, we're going to sell Cabby Shamanga. No. You know, they, they got a phone call from Birmingham saying, can we make some inquiries into this, please? Mm. You know, the, the Chesterfield not, did not want to sell Kabongo Shamanga. And when they want it to happen, it'll happen on their terms if they can. But the release course has been met. You know, Birmingham have agreed to it. So Chesterfield then move out that equation. And, and possibly, well, perhaps the one element they've got in the equation, and this, is, this might be why we've been hearing the on-off rumours and none of us really know what, but it may be that the club's saying, well, OK, the transfer fee has got to be paid as in the contract, but we indeed. want it all today. Yes. Yeah, so indeed. Get rather yeah. than on the drip. Yeah. So it yeah. may be that, that Birmingham have had to go back and look behind the sofa and uh, uh, and see what what's down the back of that to see if they can get it all together on one go so that that's realistically the only hardball that Chesterfield can play yeah 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 indeed yeah, yeah. yeah. but mm. you know, as you were saying and I'll not point out the fact that everybody scored, scored apart from the fullbacks Joe Quigley main striker uh, um <laughs> you know because uh, I wouldn't want to embarrass you Stu as the official historian but you've got if you've got a little tick 
in his uh, in his column so far this season. You know, we better we better look out for a new historian. I think. Uh, are you are you on a release clause? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's hard. No, but, uh, but, I mean, a goalkeeper uh, uh, hasn't scored yet either. Very nearly. I'm sure, I'm sure after forty six games he will do. Yeah, and Jeff King has, but you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll not mention but that. We are, we uh, are but as you were saying off, about we? being being robust as a as a squad, you know, Paul Cook's favourite um, formation is four two three one. We all know that he mm. he says that. We've seen him. We we know him from before. We know what he tries to do. And Cabby isn't the man that you would have as your model in a four two three one, Stuart, is he? No, I don't think so. No, he um, you know, for for all his strengths, he doesn't have the strengths that I think Paul Cook would look for for a player who can who can do that. Joe Quigley is 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 much the better bet for a Paul Cook player in a four two three one out of everyone we've got on the playing staff, certainly. Yeah. Uh, and it is about those chances created. Daryl all over the park. Say we, you know, the the, the likes of Asante and Dobra, Mandeville, Banks, King, uh, Williams have all scored uh, th- this season. I, I started to look the last time we had that many different amount of players scoring the first six games, and I got bored after about six seasons. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I suspect it's a it's it's a long time time back, and and it is a team game, and the team uh, if, if you look if you take Kabongo's two goals out of this season. And of course, we're looking for all the positives of this, don't you? Know, for everybody who's listening, we're looking at all the positives. We'd all rather Cabby was still here, don't get us wrong. But if you take his two goals out, he scored the third in a 3-1 against Barnet and the second in a 2-1 win against Altrincham. So take two points off. He's been responsible for gaining us two points this season. So Chesterfield would have still had 12 points out of six games, two a game, championship form does. Yeah, that's all very true, mate. And as we were... As we were saying earlier on, we've still got the likes of Gayassi who might come in and, and do that job. I mean, he played up front for Dover as a one against us last year and caused havoc, absolute havoc. Um, and maybe playing wide in a three where we where we tried him in a few preseason games and was it the oldest shot game? Uh, isn't isn't actually yeah. using him to his best advantage. He might be the guy to come in and and, and play that nine role. Um, yeah, he, he played um, uh, he, he played in a two up top with Quigley, didn't he? Against all the yeah. shot, uh, yeah. it was a switch to a four four two. Yeah, and um, but but yeah, he's he's got the sort of pace and mobility that could cause havoc in 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 those. I'm I'm not quite sure why he's not been involved in the squad for the last week. I didn't, I didn't physically see him at Altrincham. I don't know if he travelled or not to Altrincham. I, I saw most of the other uh, uh, guys. But, you know, Chesterfield have scored goals this season under Paul Cook with Cabby not in the side. We'd all rather he was there. And, um, you know, whilst at this moment in time, 20 to 8, um, there's no news through Paul. It does, it does look as though we'll be going to Oldham without him. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, by all accounts, that's what... Uh we think is going to uh, happen. Um, now, whether Aquazi Santi is fit to play on Saturday or not, there was a, it's obviously doubtful, but the injury is not as serious as once thought. I said by Gary Roberts this morning, Mando Dobru, I believe is there or thereabouts, but may be doubtful for, for Saturday. Um, so they're going to have to rely on, on the, on the, the players and going to be one less, aren't they? So I presume Gaius will come back unless he's injured, of course, which we haven't been told about. We'll come back into the equation and may even start, you know, uh, on on Saturday uh, alongside Quigley. Um, we're just going back to Shamanga. Um, he played on the shoulder, didn't he, of defenders? And that's what he was good at, wasn't he, with his back yeah. to goal, in fact, getting the ball. Uh, Paul Cookside likes to play through the middle, so that may have, may have suited yeah, him. Yeah. But, you know, if it's, uh, in the championship, you might need some help up, to- up top, so you might need to play in a two there. But the the weakness that he's got is he's not very good at heading. Is Shimanga mm. is he at all? In fact, yeah, on, Saturday was a sorry Monday was a, a rather lucky headed goal, wasn't it? But apart <laughs> from that, I can't I can't really think of any other headed goals by him. I, I may be mistaken. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what, there was one which was at worm level against um, <laughs> um, Weymouth, Weymouth, wasn't it? When he nodded yeah, it in. Yeah. 
um, in, in about one yard away from the goal because he'd slipped or something like yeah. that and, uh, and nodded it in with his head at worm level. So maybe, yeah. maybe that was it. But that, that's his weakness. Um, but I still think he's a, he's, a, he's a quality player and Birmingham have done well to get him for the fee. Yeah, absolutely, uh, no doubt about that. Still speculation. Let's move. Let's move on because we, you know, we might all look silly or uh, or, or whatever yeah. in an hour or two's uh, uh, time. But looking at the the season as a whole, Stuart, great great start. Six games, four wins, two draws. Uh, the two draws having been yeah. two nil in the lead, and it was bang bang in a no time at knots, and then all about Lucas Kovalan or not about Lucas Kovalan at Dorking on the opening day of the season. And you know, you look at all the games and you can pull out lots of positives in each of them. But I just want to look at the Wrexham game because that was the most complete 90 minutes that we've seen mm-hmm. probably, probably since Paul Cook was here last time. It was, wasn't it? And what a glorious atmosphere as well. Um, you know, to, to come out, keep them at bay for five minutes and then decide to uh, to switch our own game on and just blew them off the pitch, didn't we? You know, 23 minutes gone, Banks goal, game over, really. And there wasn't, I, I don't recall there being a tremendous threat on our goal throughout the entire game. You know, certainly um, Barnett. On, on on last Friday seemed to to be more of a threat when they were two goals adrift than Wrexham ever were. Uh, just absolutely glorious, and I hope it looks well on Netflix. And of of and and of course uh, in in that match, really, um, Wrexham have, have have done well in the other five that they played and a, a second in the the table. So it does show the quality that we must have shown because Wrexham clearly are a very, very good side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it, you were aware watching the team do it that it was distinctly hard work, you know, make make no mistake. But but we just seemed so really well organised and coached and, you know, everybody knew what they had to do and they all went out and did it perfectly. Um, Organisation across the whole the whole 11 players and, and however many substitutes, you know. It, um, I think... Whoever it was a real victory decision. for the coaching staff as much as anything else. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. It was. And those on the field as well, too, at the captain's level, whoever made the decision to kick towards the cop in the first half, I think, uh, certainly helped, I think, mm-hmm. you know, well, to get the noise away from the Wrexham supporters in the second half, you know, to yeah. make it a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. for them. And Chess will use that to their advantage by scoring both goals in the first half. So mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's been a, a a spread of times, Stuart, hasn't there in the in the goals? Yeah, we've 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 scored um, you know, in various different minutes throughout. It's not all second half. We had a run, was it last season, early last season, when we only seem to be scoring in second halves. But um, you know, we, we're we're scoring at all times really in 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 this season so far. Yeah, there's what what is it? There's one, two, three, four games where we scored in both halves so far this season. Four out of the six, mm. you know, as early as the the second minute against Barnet, and um, well, as late as what is it, seventy third minute against Barnet as well. So we don't tend to do much after the three quarter mark, but uh, yeah. but other but than just have the game. The game. Yeah, apart from manage the oh, game out, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Other than just sort of reflect on the fact that we've won the game by then, so let's not go and do anything <laughs> stupid. You know, and that was good. one of the things in in the press conference this morning that Gary Roberts said he he wants to see a little bit better, does the the the, the management of the game towards the end mm. and maintain possession and really get your, your your possession percentages up in that part of the game. Yeah, well, maybe they ought to watch the last, what was it, eight or nine minutes of the Lionesses then, because the, the way they killed that game against Germany uh, a few weeks ago was the best I've ever seen. Um, it was shit housery of the highest order. Um, well, I'm going to have to use my edit button there. That's what I got for the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got... Two seconds in, Paul. <laughs> we've, we've, we've got a good we've got a good example to follow. No, I know what he means, but I don't know about you guys, but I I never really felt under much threat on on Monday after we'd gone ahead. Uh, mm. I think Col- Colcliffe had the long ranger. Um, He's a good player. Yeah, He's a really good player, isn't he? That was about it, in all honesty. Mm. Uh, there was a couple of crosses into the box which we more dealt with pretty well. 
I mean, that was the thing about the Wrexham game to me. They are so one-dimensional, but we know yes. that. Mm. But we stopped. What we didn't do last year was stop crosses getting into the box. And mm. when that kind of cross ball came in, whether it was a set piece, long throw, or what, long throw or what, we were first to it. We we mm. got first contact nine times out of ten. Well, and, what, and, what I was most impressed with on that Wrexham game was we only conceded throw-ins to give toes the opportunity for a long throw in four times in the yeah. entire game. Mm. It was it was almost the fullbacks realised if we're going to get it out out, let's welly it way beyond the halfway mm. line and take it out of his range. But yeah. uh, I suspect I suspect he generally has more than four throws in a match. Yeah, well, last year yeah, it was when, year, um, when uh, it was when they brought McAlinden on at half time and he he moved to sort of a winger position and just started loading the balls in towards balls uh, Palmer. Uh, or whoever was up there to get the nod down, you know, so that happened for the first goal, didn't it? So mm. it was they had to make a tactical change, having been outplayed in the first half yet again, the technique um, last year. So we just didn't have that cut oh, last year at all. Are we uh, are we right, Daryl, to be thinking in terms of, albeit we're at a different level and and understand that, but but in the level of competition we are. With Banks and Old Acre, should we be thinking Morsi and Ryan? Are they at the level that they're at, the um, the equivalent of those two greats? Yeah, I I think the curry, the the comparisons are rightly being no, made now made by now. certain oh, sections yeah. of the support. Um, for me, Old Acre is Jimmy Ryan. He, he he breaks it up, he keeps it simple, he keeps the ball he moving the at ball a tempo. Moving. Mm. Um, Ollie Banks's range of passing, in fairness to him, is far better than Sam Morsey's ever was, um, and he's grown into a better defensive player than he was, I think, when he was here last time. Obviously, he's got some wool on his back now in terms of experience, and um, he knows he knows what it takes, uh, both at this level and the level above, and has looked a super player. Let's let's be fair. And um, Paul, you know, we, we all knew that Dobra had got something about him before he came, but my word is, uh, is shown it. And, and like a lot of tricky, wide, smaller players at all levels, he'll run into cul-de-sacs quite often. But my word, you know, he, he runs through cul-de-sacs and uh, through the fence in the back window a few times in the back garden. Yeah, indeed. He gets frustrated, doesn't he, quite easy when he doesn't have the, the ball. He gets hacked down, you know, uh, and whatnot. A lot of people who, who of, of an age are comparing him to Alan Birch, Alan. Uh, the first version of Alan Birch. Um, I, I don't know about that. I couldn't possibly comment on that because I never saw that. I saw the second version, which was Mark II, which was nowhere near as good um, mm. by all accounts. So, But he he looks like he could run all day. Um and take the ball with him, which is a bonus, and he's not Michael Barnes, so everything's a, a you know a step up <laughs> from that, isn't it? Really, I think so. Um, uh, he's look, he's really talented, and it wouldn't surprise me if they if somebody comes calling for him in January as well, you know. So we, I think we've got a bit of a bit of a steal with him. He, he's yeah, really him. good. He's really good. And he seems to uh, be playing with a fair amount of discipline, Stuart, as well. You know, we we know that he's got a a streak in him, but so too has Jeff King. Well, I think Lucas Covelan's possibly done the uh, the squad a favour by being indisciplined in that Woking game because I think the riot act's probably been read. Yes, yes, and if, if if the players happen to be in the dressing room when it's read to Covelan, then you know they're, they're all going to pick it up, aren't they? Um, certainly, you worried a bit because he was sent off in that Albanian friendly here, wasn't he? You know, when he when he couldn't get the ball off yeah. the guy, so he just kicked him up in the air twice. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, everybody just seems to be focused and playing in a mature fashion. I remember the last time, I think the last time we saw Rolly Banks on this ground before he um, signed for us again, he was sent off, wasn't he? He was suckered into into mm. some kind of action off the ball or something that uh, led to his dismissal. He's far more mature about all that kind of stuff now, you know. Um, and, and, and we do have a great creative sort of slant through this team, which can sometimes mean that people are a bit temperamental. Um, but on the whole, we, we are 
bottling it up really well. And if you take Coverland's red card out, I think our disciplinary record so far this season, we've probably had half as many players booked as we did at the same time last season. Yeah, it is, uh, um, you know, early days, but you do get a lot of yellow cards. We've got Dobra, Horton, Banks and King on two, because, of course, one of Brandon Horton's was was, was wiped out, the second one. Mm. Uh, at Woking, but the first one still counts. Yeah, uh, of course. Daryl, you were wanting to say something. Yeah, it, it just made me laugh slightly when in the pre-match um, following Coverland's um, sending off the previous weekend, oh. Gary Roberts was uh, extolling the virtues of, of, of a calm head on the pitch and not getting involved in that kind of thing. And <laughs> the one player who always got involved in that kind of thing, yeah. including kicking a certain Mansfield player into Rose Z and getting sent off in the... Uh, in the uh, a few years ago. A few years. Um, so I, I did think there was a certain irony in that, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've not had any short pulling incidents yet, though, have we? Oh. So, uh, there's, yeah. there's, there's that one to, uh, uh, to, to come. And, and, and Paul, one of the huge differences that's been made this season from compared to, to last is the progress made by some of the players who didn't sign in the summer. Tyrone Williams springs to yeah. mind quickly springs to mind as well and mandeville uh, mandeville also those those three have come back uh, like new signings yeah indeed um we talk about mandeville he interviewed him the other week and the manager spoke to him about getting more goals and more assists into his game and he knew that because you know his, his first goal against all the shot he got i think that was a, his first goal since new year's day or something like that um he hadn't scored for a he while he'd only barely set up uh anything really so I had a really disappointing second half of the season um but he's he's done okay and he seems to okay, play a little bit more of a freedom he's occupying a bit more of a right hand role at present rather than being a, a sort of floater in the in the three but still you know he, he's got he grabbed a couple of goals this season one was cleared off the line on Monday wasn't it so uh, one that was rifled in Quigley yeah Quigley looks sharp it looks like he, he knows that role it looks like he he wants to play as a, the, the target man the striker runs a Outside the box as well, helping supply runners from from midfield. He likes that. I just wish, I just wish he'd score and be more prolific, you know. So, um, and the other player that uh, named oh Tyrone Williams, yeah, brilliant, uh, fantastic. And it, look, there's all sorts of rumours going about Paul Cook wanting to sign a, a centre half at that right hand side uh, position. Toby Malarkey being one, of course. Um, but Tyrone Williams at the moment would keep anybody out this side, wouldn't he? Yeah, him and Grimes are forming a really good partnership, and that's that's good to see. And the fitness element, Paul, on that is, you know, Paul Cook's had these guys for a, a, a hard pre-season and really put the, the gas into the tank. And it's made Mandeville a 90-minute man genuinely now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he seems to have bought into it, doesn't oh. he? I mean, that hot day against... Uh, August, he said his mouth was so dry, but he was the one running. He was the one who got the winning goal on that day as well. So, you know, and they barely made any substitutions in that match as well. So they had to all had to all get through it. And, you know, that can only help by having that, that fitness level drummed into them since the start in July. And you're carrying that over into the, trying to carry it over into the winter months, you know. So when you pick up your knocks and, and niggles and try and be one step ahead, of that uh, that moment, you know, later on in the, in the season when you're feeling a bit leggy and whatnot. So um, yeah, he, he, he's bought into it, and I'm glad to see. I mean, I, I'm I'm no fitness expert, so I'm not going to uh, you know really really comment too much. But they they look fitter, don't they? They they, they just do to the to the eye. They look like they can go 90 minutes and not being spent after 70 and and conceding those late goals I know we've had a couple this year but but still they they, they just look fitter mm. well you you may not be into your fitness but me Daz and Stuart <laughs> are, are clearly into our uh, our our fitness regime and uh, and I that as much as anything else Stuart is one of the responsibilities at game management because you've got to still be fit as fit as stroke slightly fitter than the other 11 guys on the park to be able to do it because you can you can be the best mentally and skillfully and all sorts of things but if you've not got the gas in your tank you're not going to manage the game well absolutely and that's why we were able to manage the game out against Wrexham as well as we did um because of our fitness um 
if you're fitter, uh, I think it helps with concentration um, because you're not worried about what's going to happen with you losing fitness. But, you know, we were able to kind of stand up to to whatever their kind of expensively collected assembly of agricultural implements threw at us. Um, and and it's just it's just such a difference with difference with, with last season, with last that, season. That, that you don't really well it'll take a long time i suppose before we stop fearing the the, the sort of 88 minute collapse that turns 2-0 to us into 3-2 to them but but um but you don't see any evidence of it now I and mean, what what's the latest we we conceded two at dorking in the second half didn't we um but then we were down to 10 men you know mm. um after that 63rd minute Langstaff's equaliser is the latest goal we've conceded yeah. in a game. You know, so it's pretty so good, isn't it? Really well. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very. And and uh, Daryl, that you know, in the six games scored 12 goals, conceded six, so it's two one on average, is which is perfect form yeah. for where you want to finish at the uh, top uh, part of the uh, uh, of, of the league and. You know, defensively, Cook is now able to trust Williams and Grimes in a in a back four rather than three, where you you know, you're covering from the Rick a little bit. But more importantly than that, I think he's trusting King, Jeff King, to be a proper right back as opposed to a wing back, mm. because you know certainly I think the manager was questioning his defensive. Uh, part of the game but all of a sudden that's another one we didn't mention him in the players that came back because he had a terrific season last season but he seems to have got that defensive element of his game uh, uh, to a, a higher level without stopping the marauding forward yeah he, he's still learning uh, he, when I spoke to him in an interview before he says he's still learning that that type of game uh, defensively rather than push forward because you often think he could play on the right hand side of the three you know, he's that skillful, um, but he's not he's not quick, is he? So, you know, you have to kind of lose that a little bit. But just about timing his uh, tackles as well. I noticed that um, Colcler that I've been a little bit on toast in the second half uh, on uh, on on Monday. But uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely improved that game. And like I said, he said he's still learning. Well, I think on the speed, Daryl, uh, Paul popped up for a chat with me off air on uh, Monday before the match at, at Altrincham. And uh, he was desperate to, to show me the goal against um, Wrexham that King overlapped and, and wanted to show how quick he'd run how the link between Mandeville and King on the, the, the right-hand side. And he was desperate just to show me that not to particularly point out King's uh, uh, pace, but to point out how the two of them linked and the speed with which King thought to get into that space. I think both combinations of Dobber and Horton um, and, and King and Mandeville have done that really well. Because rather than assuming that in the 4 2 3 1, the three have two wide players, you've got two players who either go out or come in. And when they come in, that's when you get the overlap. And the number of times we. Mandeville has, has come off the line, Dobra's come off the line, and then the fullbacks on both sides have gone. And, and we've torn teams apart so far using that tactic. And I've no reason to, to imagine it, it won't continue because they've, mm. they've got a relationship. They're building it game by game. I mean, I, for one, am quite surprised with Horton. I know he, he, he was guilty for the error at the first goal at, um, at Knotts. Uh, but other than that, I think both defensively and going forward, he's been really proactive. Um, and I think you're right with the King thing, Paul. He's, I think he's learning his trade still. And I think one of the things Cookie's trying to teach him is how to tackle and when to tackle and when just to stay on your feet. Because one of the things he did was dive in at people when he he really didn't need to. So... I'm sure there's lots of development with these players. They are they are still being coached. You know, they're not finished articles necessarily, are they? But um, the combination work, Phil, I'm not surprised he's purring about it, really. I'm sure him and the coaches are loving it, you know. And whilst Horton, yeah, he didn't control that, that diagonal ball as it came in. It did knock it down and Grimes didn't react. And you just got a, you just got a, a striker who was on fire. 
in mm. Langstaff at that particular good moment. Finish, in time. Good yeah. finish, wasn't it? Good finish. Yeah. Uh, mm. And I, I think nine times out of ten, the same error from the same two players wouldn't have been punished. I just think that they just happened to to get somebody who's on fire at the uh, at the moment. Looks a great uh, signing for 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 Notts County. I'd, from what I've seen of him in one match. I'd rather have him than Wooten from what I've seen Wooten in half a dozen matches. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Looks more mobile, doesn't he? Looks really mobile, you know, pushing the yeah. defenders all the time. And now I think Horton was largely unlucky. I know it was error, but it, it seemed to cannon off his shin, if yeah, anything, it, it, and it, fall it into the place. In, the... Drilled, it, was a, yeah. it was a drilled in hopeful pass that he tried to control and it just bounced off the instep of his right boot. His right foot, not his left foot, his right yeah. foot. You know, it, it'd come across really well to anticipate but then mm. just didn't control it, you know, and he's a 21 year old on his wrong foot in, you know, still learning his trade. But the only, the only regular starter we've not really talked about much is uh, a quasi Asante three mm. goals in, uh, since he's, uh, is started this season, missed the older shot game, of course, with that little knock, hopefully it'll be okay. If not for uh, Oldham, but for Gateshead at home the week after a uh, couple of assists from him, albeit one, was more inadvertent the the assist at, at Notts County when he laid it back uh, 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 when he was under pressure from behind. But he Stewart has 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 come out on the, the sort of player that nobody saw because it was when we were behind closed doors. Yeah. Well, indeed, yeah, I mean, we were all um, doing Ryan Reynolds' favourite occupation, weren't we? Watching streams. Um, he, he, <laughs> he, he 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 was rushed back last season and we had to rush him back because we had no one else and Jamanga had just been injured so I understand mm. that but he was rushed back and he said all the way through it give me a proper pre-season and you'll mm. see me back to my best well he did, yeah. we gave him a yeah. proper pre-season and he's back to his best you know and well, I'm been taken so glad list, which you know. yeah He's been taken so for transfer list, which says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm so yeah. glad he's still a Chesterfield player. You know, when yeah, he was yeah. listed and he was struggling at the end of last season and all that, there were people saying, well, if he goes, he's no big loss. You know, he's not the player he was. But he, he's had that pre-season and he's got his head down and got on with it mm. and worked hard. And here we are, you know, we're seeing seeing the return on that. Yeah. And, and, and Daryl, what what he offers when he's playing in that 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 left of the three mid, it's a little bit like like San Lucas that you know sometimes it's difficult to tell striker role. It makes it very very fluid in that top. He, he can easily on the blink of an eye go up to be a second striker, uh, mm-hmm. or he can go out further wide to left, or he can move over to the right hand side and everybody sort of uh, has a bit of a shuffle to give the opposition some thoughts. Does yeah, well he, he's got intelligence, hasn't he? And I think that's one of the keys. To that role behind behind the lone striker, I mean, he's also making runs in behind Quigley. So as Quigley's holding the ball, he's one of the runners going off him, as well as as well as Dobra and Mandeville. Um, so it, it's giving the the player in possession lots of options. Whether he's going to drop it back slightly deeper to Oldacre and Banks, or whether he's going to try and flick it round the corner to one of the guys coming through, or give it to Dobra for him to run through. At the minute, we've got. We've got good combinations all over the place. And Asante, in fairness to him, I, I think there's credit both to him and to the club with this one, with the transfer list thing. And Paul Cook's got a bit of a track record, as we'll all remember from. He did a similar thing with Sam Hurd um, and whacked him on the transfer list. And yet Sam Hurd dug in, you know, showed him, shot him... He made the wrong decision and Paul was big enough to take him back off the transfer list and he became a really vital player for us. And I suspect exactly the same things happened with Asante. You know, the the word coming out in pre-season was that Asante's on fire. He's come up with a completely different attitude. He's determined to show that we're wrong. Um, He wants to be here. And and everything mm. he's he's shown pre-season and, and in the first six games would say, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and Paul Cook, Paul Fisher has, uh, mm-hmm. has shown that he's not he's not afraid of making the big decisions. He was the man that continued to put Jack Lester on the subs bench. Yeah, well, yeah, he's not uh, he's not one to uh, sort of or is it uh, counter the the big crowd, is he? So he'll he'll certainly do that and make sure that uh, you know um, what's best for the team uh, that works into the plans that he's got will be the the correct manner and how, how that will be. Uh, Utilise so you know whatever if if it is a 
yeah, I'll just use Shamanga as an example. If he's being sold, I mean, I, you know, I don't know whether Cook's going to lose any sleep over that. He certainly did when Doyle uh, left, though, in January. But that's January and August is uh, a different kettle of fish, isn't it? So, um, yeah, yeah, of course. Just in just in case people aren't sure, there is no transfer window closing in the National League. We can sign players from anywhere, league clubs, Premier League clubs, loan, permanent signings, right up until the third Thursday in March or something, mm. uh, yeah. something like that. But of course, players can't move out to EFL or Scottish League clubs after the end of, uh, uh, of today, 1st of, of September, which means, uh, Stuart, maybe, maybe uh, Maguire and Miller will have to uh, 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 be kept on the, the the roster. Of course, they could move to other national national league clubs, but hmm. you know it, it looks as though they're they're two that will probably have until uh, until at least the new year. Well, there would be no no bad couple of people to have you know um, among your your replacements, I suppose, if you don't plan to start them in a team. But um, I think once the the deadline goes, things settle down a bit and loans and stuff start kicking off mm-hmm. don't they so mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised to see either player um offered uh to to sort of uh national league one clubs or whatever um but uh, it's a question whether they go or not isn't it really um mm-hmm. i don't know whether we haven't had any offers for them or whether any offers haven't been sort of entertained by the players or the players are waiting for a particular offer from a particular club or something but I'm, I'm sure, and I don't know this, I, I don't know if Daryl knows any uh, anymore, but I'm sure that there'd be plenty of people who'd take them on loan but ne- wouldn't necessarily want to contribute the full amount of, of wages. And if Chesterfield want to move them on, they hmm. want to, you know, they, they, they clearly send them out on loan for full wages, but at that point they might as well be signed by the team that, that's yeah. taking them on, on, on loan. But hmm. I think the clubs that, that Miller was attracting probably just, I haven't got the finances, you know, some of the, if you take the top four or five time teams out of Scotland, they get lower crowds than yeah. Chesterfield do. So they've not yeah. got oodles of finance in there, but, uh, but, you know, Miller, if, it, you know, if Dobber is out for a week or two, why, why not him be a possible um, stopgap that once you're in, it's up to you to keep your shirt, isn't it, Daryl? Yeah, he's, he's another option. I'm, I'm sure the keen, you know, the club are keen to get the the number of players down. I mean, this is there was a bit of an outcry wasn't there, last week from one or two fans about Danny Rowe going to Fylde. Well, business is business as far as I'm concerned. He needs football and to get fit. It's five minutes from where he lives as opposed to coming halfway across the country. And I think he's got a fairly young family. He's had a rough year health-wise. Yeah. Um, and he's one of the bigger earners, I would imagine. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I just can't see there being anything other than positive for all all involved there. It, irrespective it of, with the chairman as well. Yeah. It helps, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and irrespective of who their um, manager might be at the moment, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's football's a business at the end of the day. And, and the club need to get some of these wages off the books. We, we're carrying too many bodies. Um, and certainly, you know, if you, with all due respect to Miller, if you look at him, we've got Clements who can play left back. We've got uh, Horton already playing left back. We've got now Jez can play left side uh, as he showed on uh, on Monday. We've got Dobber, of course, um, and probably yes. Gaiassi as well. So he's well down he's the pecking well order. I mean, this is why I think one of the players Cook still wants to try and get in is a left-sided centre-back. He's got Joe Cook, who could probably, or, or you know, will definitely be able to cover Tyrone Williams, um, but he hasn't really got anyone to cover Jamie Grimes, if we're assuming that Lawrence Maguire's on his way. But probably one of the reasons he's yeah, having to put Lawrence on the bench at the minute is because he hasn't got an alternative. Hmm. And some of the players we've not mentioned tonight, really, Paul, uh, um, Tom Whelan, George Cooper, uh, Mike Jones, Ryan Sheckleford, um, you know, all in their own rights, very, very good players that would walk into most first 11s in the National League. Yeah, most definitely, especially Sheckleford as well. Um, hmm. Cooper's coming back from an injury, isn't he? Um, 
uh, an injury hit sort of year and a half, really, I think it's been for him. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's, he's gradually being put into the the, the squad, utilised on a 20-minute basis, 20 half minutes. an hour before he gets a, a 90 minutes then. But he's got some work to do to get into this side at the minute, hasn't he, really, right now? Um, yeah, jo- Joe Cook, for example, he's very much an understudy, isn't he? And he was brought in from Bognaridge to be that learning yeah. trade your one for the future, Charlie Raglan type of yeah, you know, yeah. centre half like yeah. thing. Um, and Bailey Clements again, you know, I, I wonder whether the, you know Paul Cook thought well, Horton's little bit limited League One experience of around thirty games or so, twenty five games, put him slightly ahead of Bailey Clements at that at that particular point. Um, he obviously doesn't see Bailey Clements as a centre half then, otherwise he would have put him on the bench rather than Maguire. Um, but you know, the, the, he'll will get his he will get his opportunity, I think, as well. Um, with the cards racking up as well, you know, uh, Sheckleford will be in for King in in, in pretty soon, <laughs> won't he? Uh, on yeah, one, and, uh, yeah, and uh, Horton's got a bit of a temper as well, hasn't he? So I think uh, Clements yeah. might get his uh, his stand out as well. Of course, we don't we're not really talking about Tom Whelan. Where does he fit into the yeah, equation? Yeah. You know, mm. well, he's been travelling with the. He, he was down at Altingham on um, on Monday and. He was at the previous away match at Notts County for sure. So uh, I think I saw him at Dorking. I'm pretty sure I saw him at Dorking, but I definitely saw him at... Hey, at I think he came on a sub other. at Dorking there, uh, Phil. Oh, yeah. that's probably why mm-hmm. I saw him there then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and like you say, Sheckleford is an absolute terrific... He, he was one of the ones that really excited me when we signed him in the first mm-hmm. instance. Yeah. But with another guy that we've not mentioned, who we have had the chance to see for half... Well, for for a reasonable amount of the game, Jess Ukegbulam, Stuart. And, mm. uh, well, he's, he's, he's raw, but he's he's very fast and he's obviously got a bit of a football brain on his shoulders. Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant that we can recruit a player like that with so comparatively little experience and have sufficient faith in him um, after seeing his performances in training to bung him into the team like that, you know? I think it's brilliant that we do that. Um, and yeah, he comes on and he, you know, last 10 minutes or last 15 minutes against tiring defenders. I wouldn't want to be faced with someone with that sort of pace, you know. It, 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 it just, must... just imagine if you have him and Gayassi on at the same time yeah. playing well, in, in, in that front, in that yeah. three attacking midfielders, one yeah. down the left, one down the right. My word. Well, that, that is your game management, isn't it? Get the ball into mm. their half and have those two players say, come on, then take it off me, you know. Mm. And as. As um, Daryl, as Liam Mandeville said to me after after one match when we were we were chatting, when you've got Ollie Banks in the side, he says you just run into space because he'll know he'll see you. Mm. Yeah, his his range of passing is way above this level. I mean, it, it's not just being able to deliver the pass; it's seeing it before anyone else, isn't it? And um, players now will be getting used to the fact that they can make the run. As, as Mandeville said, knowing that the ball's going to come. And and players are a lot more willing to make runs if they know, A, they've got someone who can deliver it, but B, is, you know, they've got someone who can see someone it. Who can see it. Uh, mm. um, so, yeah, he, he, to me, is the most pivotal player in the side at the minute. I, I can see a replacement for almost any or every, every other position except Ollie. And I think we miss Ollie more than anybody if he was out. Yeah. Yeah, and and one of the uh, um, one of the Twitter groups put a, a player of the month poll on, didn't they? And Ollie Banks, not surprisingly, won won that for uh, for for August. But he, he, he's one of many, Paul. No, he's not one of many. He's one of everybody in the squad who just playing with a smile on the face. They're enjoying their life in football at this very moment in time. Yeah, it's almost as if if they go on Legends of the Spire, immediately they sign for Chesterfield <laughs> after that, isn't it? So, Daz, why are you not in the uh, in the the match day squad? Um, well, talking about <laughs> fitness earlier, it may have something to do with the fact I didn't have a full pre-season, but yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe that was it. Yeah, but uh, in all seriousness, yeah, he 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 delighted in the fact that uh, you know Chesterfield meant so much to him. You know, he spent a good a good time of his young start of his young career there didn't he it really revitalized it mm. paul cook as soon as he signed him took him under his wing could spot what a you know there isn't many tall center center midfielders is it that can pass the ball like that and he and, and to have paul cook as your mentor uh what a cultured left foot he had 
Mm. Brilliant. That must be brilliant. That must be mind-boggling for for uh, Ollie Banks at that stage. And you could see he was raw at that stage. It's just a shame that other managers post Paul Cook didn't see him in the same way, and otherwise yeah. he'd have gone and made three hundred odd appearances, and you know it'd be legend status, wouldn't he? Yeah, Ollie yeah. Banks here. But I'm pleased for what I for one am pleased he's back. He's got a goal for it too, hasn't he? He's got a goal for it. Yes, he has got a goal for it. That we haven't had from midfield for, oh, I can't remember when. Uh, Whether it's arriving in the box late, the great finish against Wrexham. As soon as that ball ran loose Mm -hmm. um, and and you could see Banks coming onto it, I think everybody in the ground knew it was going to hit the target. You know, it wasn't going to be blazed over. It it wasn't going to hit the three or four defenders. He just bent it so sweetly into the empty net and uh, yeah he's got a fearsome shot from from outside the box if he puts his laces through it you know almost Danny Rowes nobody's quite Danny Rowe are they but um, he's got a threat as Ollie and he's always had a goal in him ever since he, he first came and and of course those uh, uh, some of the uh, younger supporters um, may well have forgotten that, of course, Chesterfield signed him first time around from FC United in Manchester. Mm-hmm. This, this is a guy, I know he'd been at Rotherham as a kid and played a couple of games yeah. for Rotherham, but signing from FC United of Manchester, which which tells you all you need to know about Paul Cook, that it doesn't matter where he shops. If they're a good player, he'll, he'll shop there. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's after the product rather than the, 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 the name of the shop, isn't he, over the door? Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and, of course, on... Saturday, all things being equal, he'll be coming against another of those players that Paul Cook um, plucked out, Dan Gardner, who's mm. uh, older now, who was signed from FC Halifax when we were in League One. I, I presume it was when we were in League One uh, that Gardner came. And, mm. uh, you yeah, know, he's, he's had a good career since he, he, he left Chesterfield. The two, I checked up the other day, the two of them, they didn't play in the same Chesterfield team all that often. They probably had 15 or 16 starts together over a year or two. Banks and and Gardner, um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see how the two of those have progressed of two players out the same mould when they were signed for from Chesterfield, Stewart. Yes, it will. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see down again. Skipper's Oldham, uh, I think. So you know, both he and Ollie Banks have obviously matured considerably uh, mm-hmm. as 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 players and presumably as individuals. I don't know what they were like before, but. Um, you know, they, they 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 would have grown and become more experienced and become much more of an asset to their respective teams because of that. You know, that, are you putting your hand up, Ben? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just yeah. remembering. It just remembers the little wave button. <laughs> right. Oh, I just wondered if he was adjusting his newfangled headphones. Yeah, um, I was just remembering one particular performance of Dan Gardner, and he'll never surpass this in my opinion. But you remember we were away to Scunthorpe in the cup. And we were 2-0 yeah. down. It was the year yes. we, we beat them in the replay and then went to Derby. Yeah. And and in that second half, mm. he turned in one of the best individual performances I've ever seen from a Chesterfield player. He was unplayable, yeah. that second half. Mm. Yes. Absolutely unplayable. Yeah, I get your head down and run at them, wouldn't they? They were scared, weren't they? They had yeah, a slow yeah, goal yeah. that that night as well. That's and, right. Well, yeah, we were yeah, um, we were. we were sensational that night. We threw absolutely everything at Scunthorpe, didn't we? And it was uh, it was brilliant, it was brilliant. Uh, to see um, Dan Gardner. I, I did, I did, going back to the Legends of the Spire, the Spire uh, interview that people can listen to, and I'll. I'll you know, I'll go into the search on on Twitter for it. But um, Ollie Banks talks about his cousins, which are the the Law brothers, aren't they? Um, yes. Uh, you know, so uh, he, he was at Chesterfield uh, as a youngster in the uh, the centre of excellence. Ollie Banks um, knocking about with uh, with Josh and Nicky and that. You know, uh, while they're their uh, uncles and fathers were uh, in charge of the team. So at the early so he's got a long history of Chesterfield. And I suspect, Stuart, uh, I don't know if your friends in the football support, uh, the statisticians guys will be able to check this. I don't know if we've ever tried to check it before. I suspect Ollie Banks might be the only player in football history who's made his league debut coming on as a substitute for his cousin because he came on for Nicky Law and his league <laughs> debut for Rotherham. Oh. Um, that, can't, that can't have happened too often. I would have no mm. idea. Uh, <laughs> no, not you something don't know I've ever looked up. Uh, just not something no, I've ever looked that's, up. Well, yeah, there won't be many. Uh, <laughs> and certainly coming on as a substitute, because it only goes back to 66, 67 season anyway for substitutes. Well, indeed, in the, indeed. Uh, indeed. And of course, let's not let's not forget 
Oldham, managed by John Sheridan, of course. They've also got Mike Fondop playing for them and a, a short-term Sparite, who I think is uh, about to celebrate his 113th birthday. Chris Porter um, <laughs> is, is at Oldham as well now. He didn't he didn't start on um, in their last game against York on on Saturday, where they took 1,600 supporters, by the way. So you can see there's a bit of mojo with the ownership change there, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Shows you what a positive ownership can do, uh, uh, certainly short term for a club. You've got to carry on doing reasonably well on the park after it. But yeah, Oldham seems alive again. I was looking at the the crowds for the last few times that we've been to Boundary Park, which of course will have all been in the league, and there were like three and a half thousand. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Way, way way back with the semi final of the. Um, the, the Johnson's Paint Trophy when Jack Lester scored last last minute the last time they got sort of six thousand against us so you know they they were well on the verge of being dead and buried I think until this ownership change yeah I mean they're a proud old club aren't they and uh, and we lock horns with them many a time um, and to see them have the same struggles we've had and and Scunthorpe are now having and obviously one or two other sides. At, at this level now I've had it does the, the ownership issue is very often um the things that's dragged the clubs down because yeah. it's a series of bad decisions on yeah. and off the field very often and and if there's no synergy with the ownership and clearly the guy that was running Oldham was on a different planet by the sounds of things. If they've now got a low they weren't going to open their brand new stand were they this no. this season they closed it yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, it just beggars belief when you hear some of the rubbish that comes out of these people. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for them. Obviously, they'll get a good hiding from us on Saturday, and they'll just have to put up with that. But um, and they've had the, uh, they've had the obligatory away defeat. I think at Maidenhead already, haven't they? Yeah. Um, just, well, they lost, just... they lost at home to Wheelstone. Yes. Uh, they won two yeah. home games. They lost at home to Wheelstone. I, I saw some of the tweets from all the yeah. supporters. Yeah. And that, yeah. It was a little bit like what we were thinking when we were starting yeah. to lose yeah, against yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the maidenheads of this world and Gateshead in that first season under Martin yeah. Allen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you soon wake up and realise. Welcome um, to the National League. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we say it so often, don't we? But um, mm. it's a, it's different gravy, I think, is the expression. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, and, unofficially, and, uh, unofficially, Phil, the uh, the deal for Kamongomshi Manga has been uh, completed. So oh, right. unofficially, uh, unofficially. The official source of the unofficially. The, yeah, unofficial source coming from a, a chap, uh, the chief sports writer of the Sunday People. So. Um, oh. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah, he's been corroborated. He's a Birmingham fan, isn't he? I think he's a Birmingham mm. fan, isn't he? Yeah. So, uh, um, so he'll he'll obviously have a few years on the ground. Well, well, let's just hope Cabby does a real good job for them because we've we've loved seeing him uh, uh, play. There's no question about it. So we're all going to be bitterly disappointed with that uh, that decision. But does it dent our confidence for the rest of the season, Stuart? No. 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 Simply it doesn't. Okay. No. For me, we've outlined why, which is that, you know, great scorer of goals that he is, you know, in, in quantity. Um, we have a team that can score as many goals between them as um, Cabby did in in the first half of last season. You know, well, like, um, like you said about midfield, Mandeville's got two, Banks has got yeah, two, yeah. Uh, and uh, um, Dobra's got one so far. And we can argue... Mm. Uh, uh, long and hard about Asante, whether he's a midfielder or a striker, but he's got three as well. Yeah. So we've got yeah. plenty of goals from you know, the people from who kind of season. the people who you know pointed at us and said you're a one-man team, and we all said ah you're just jealous because you haven't got him. You know, yeah, <laughs> they were right last season, weren't they? You know, with what with how it finished up, um, and and we would be better if we could find a role for Kabongo Shimanga in our team, but. As as we have said, he, he, he the system that Cook wants to play doesn't seem to accommodate his particular strengths and his particular weaknesses. Um, and we're just scoring goals from everywhere else. So, you know, um, yes, of course, we'll miss him. You know, I'll, I'll miss the guy's character, as I said earlier. You know, you'll miss his kind of infectious smile and his sheer enjoyment of of turning out in a blue shirt to play football for us. But um, 
will it materially adversely affect our team the way it's playing at the moment? No. And the last time Paul Cook was was here, Daryl, um, we were a selling club, but continued successfully, the likes of Klukas, Cooper, Dariqua. And it's important that a club like Chesterfield, at the level that we are playing at now and are likely to be playing at you know, League 2, League 1 over the next few years, that you can't stand in people's way. Because at that point, a young up-and-comer, somebody like Dobra, will come if they know that you, you, mm. you've got a chance of, mm. of moving on. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you, the, these kids, I mean, Cabby's not a kid, is he? What, he's 24? 25. Yeah, yeah 24, 25. 25. Yeah. You know, he, he's probably drinking at the last chance saloon with this opportunity without being, you know, trying to lump any pressure on the lad. But if if he fails here, he's back to the National League and he, he probably won't get another chance. So he, he will feel, I've got to take this opportunity. And, and we shouldn't be denying him that. He was, good enough is the wrong expression, but he was confident enough in the deal we sold to him and the concept we sold to him that he could come, improve himself, score goals, obviously didn't want, want the bad injury. But this, this could have happened, this could happen last January quite easily. I think none of us would have been surprised after he got 25 goals or whatever it was, nearly up to Christmas, if somebody had come in and, and speculated then. Mm. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the club had any choice, and I, I would have been, as I say, I, I'm, 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 I'm almost surprised he, he lasted till January. Um, mm. But he's come back. He's obviously worked his socks off. The club has supported him. He's got his knack for goals back. He's scored a couple, and that's been enough for Birmingham to say we'll push the button. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Chesterfield's what was it? Wrexham and Grimsby got promoted without Kabongo Shamanka, didn't they? So, um, you know, without the aid of their go- his goals for them, so uh, Chesterfield can get promoted without Kabongo Shamanka. So. Um, yes, they need a striker, of course, to replace that bolster the squad and you know make competition harder. Um, but I trust Paul Cook to get somebody in, you know, of of that ilk or the player that he needs to suit Chesterfield's style. So, right, so. it's a it's a huge bloke because he's a nice bloke, uh, Kabongo mm. Shimanga. We had him for thirteen months. That's all. Yeah, thirty-five appearances, mm. twenty-seven goals in all that's competitions. Goal. It's a phenomenal record. But he was here for initially five minutes. Six months of those he was injured yeah. for. Mm. You know, yeah. the Chesterfield can still get promoted. Don't get me wrong. They can still yeah. get promoted. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, right. Anybody with any final uh, points? I know Stuart's got to disappear in uh, in two minutes. So we'll start off with him. Any uh, Anything that we've not talked about? I know it's been about players and about Kabongo and everything along those lines. But anything burning a hole in your um, your microphone, Stu? <laughs> Only my cat, which I've had to get up onto the floor. Um, well, we're doing all right, you know. That that that's the thing. Is yes, we've lost a great player tonight. Um, and you know, who knows? By by this time tomorrow, we might have signed somebody to to come along and hopefully take his place. But even if we don't, we're doing all right, you know. It, yeah, I think um, Lee Lard's top of the list. I'm surprised we haven't gone to Birmingham and bought Kabongo back. Um, <laughs> Stuart? <laughs> oh, no, I've just you asked know. you, Daryl. I've just asked you, Stuart. Daryl. <laughs> no, Anything I wouldn't. Not particularly, mate. I would just reiterate, I think the away, the away support's been phenomenal and the home support's been staggering so far. Bearing mm. in mind... Yeah, 7,000 average. Yeah, bearing in mind we're in August, uh, and as we know, lots of people um, are away and schools aren't back and all that kind of thing. So you've got all the all the usual effects on home attendances to have to have averaged seven thousand against Aldershot, Barnet, and yes, Wrexham. But you know, it's it's been a terrific turnout by the supporters, and away again on on Monday was was fantastic, wasn't it? And I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be taking in excess of 1,500, maybe even more to, to Oldham on Saturday. Um, Darryl, so, Darryl, sorry, Daryl, we're averaging 1,291 at our three away games. Yeah, <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah, some effort, isn't it? It's some yeah. effort, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. 
Um, first of all, love the Joe Quigley song, uh, the new Joe Quigley song. That's really good uh, from the fans. And um, secondly, um, I'm going to put this up un- unabridged, unedited, so I'm not going to whack it up tonight then. Um, so rather than editing it, because of the Chumanga stuff, I'm just going to whack uh, whack this up uh, straight away because otherwise it'll be... Well, it's already uh, fish and chip paper, isn't it? Like, so, you know, within <laughs> within about 30 seconds, isn't it? So I might as well get it, to, I might as well get it up tonight. So, um, so, yeah, that's it. It's beyond the usual podcast providers obviously because you're listening to this right now that you've used the actual podcast providers and I'll just shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Daryl's got his hand up. Yeah, well, if uh, as we're chip paper, I thought I'd just announce that we saw Andrew Dallas from Solihull and Paddy <laughs> Madden from Stockport. <laughs> He's only got three match suspension. You don't, you don't want Paddy Madden, so he got kind of a stamping at the weekend. Forget him. Uh, that might be fake news, just in case you're about to uh, post it. If you're uh, 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 a quick off, quick off the mark uh, uh, tweeter. So this has been the Sky is Blue podcast. I've been Phil Turley, Stuart Bass and Daryl Carpenter, Paul Fisher. And I think I think next time we're all going to actually get together in the same room. You never actually know. Yes. And, and depending okay. where the room is, we might we might invite guests. Who, who knows? And uh, we might try and see if we can do something live as well as well as record. We'll we'll try and work those technicals out for next time. But thanks for uh, listening. If you're listening, this on the way to uh, Oldham. Well, don't forget to uh, put your green shirt on because the Sparites are debuting the Green Away kit at Boundary Park. Thank you very much. Good night.